Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, that's a good place to worship right there. We just ask the king to come in. We just ask the king to come in. If we were in a courtroom and the judge would rise, everybody would say, oh, rise, for the judge has entered. But I'm here to let you know on today that the king of kings is here. You may be asking, who is the king of glory? It is the Lord God, strong and mighty. The Lord God, mighty in battle. The king is here. So I wonder if I have any people that recognize the presence of the king and now want to invite him in to your personal place of worship. Hallelujah. 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 If I got to push you this morning, I'm going to push you because guess what? I recognize that I have something to be thankful for. I have something to give God the praise that is due his name. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. The King of Kings, we welcome you here. Your glory in this place, we welcome you here because we recognize that we would be nothing without the King of Kings. Nothing without the Lord of Lords. I dare you just to take one moment to think, God, where would I be if it had not been for you? Where would I be without your grace? Where would I be without your mercy? But God, you delivered me. God, you saved me. And God, you set me free. So I have a reason to worship. I have a reason to praise. I have a reason to give him the glory that is due his name. So one more time, let's lift up a shout and tear the roof off this place and recognize our king of kings. Hallelujah. 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 His presence is here. His glory is here. And I just, I, I dare you to catch on to it. I dare you to grab hold of it. I dare you to yearn for it like you need it, like there is nothing else left in the world, but you are desperate for him. You may see some people crying. You may see some people waving their hands. You may see some people shaking. Why? It's because they realize the necessity of our Savior. They realize the necessity of Jesus in our lives, day by day, moment by moment, hour by hour, and second by second. Glory to the name of God for all that he has done. Let's give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. Oh, we got to move on. God is good. God is good. God is good. God is good. And he is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be praised. I bring you greetings in the uh, absence of our pastor, Christopher Earl Swims, who's away doing his civic duties with his family, please pray for them as they'll be traveling back into town on today. Um, and I also just want to tell you thank you for any guests that we may have. Do we have any first-time guests? If you could just wave your hand. If this is your first time at the well. This, oh, we got some first-time guests over there. Let's give it up for our first-time guest ushers. If you could please give them a connection card. At the end of service, we're going to ask you just to drop this in the offering basket. We want to get to know you. We want to welcome you here. And we're so grateful to have you here at Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church. And we pray that you've experienced the Hopewell experience on today. Amen. Amen, amen. Just a few brief announcements because God is here and we want to get to the word on today. We just want to let you know 
that we are having for all of our children and our youth and any children and youth that you may know. We want them to know that they have to let their light shine. So we're asking children and youth all ages to please sign up today in the foyer. We are having a showcase to showcase your talents. Can you flip a bottle? Can you read a poem? Can you do a dance? Whatever you can do, we want to let you know. Let your light shine to the glory of our Lord and Savior. If you know any youth in the area that may, this is open to the whole community. So this is not just Opal. So please spread the word to your family and friends. This is going to be, um, I don't have the date on my notes. Pass it in Sammy the Dose. At the 11th, December 11th? December 11th, thank God for our memory. <laughs> December 11th, we will be having our showcase. Please sign up. You'll have more information in the foyer. Amen? Amen. Y'all ready to party? Y'all want to party? I don't know about y'all, but I, I like a good party. I like to come. Uh, okay, we're going to come and worship, but when we get together as the saints, we are having a church-wide Christmas party on Sunday, December 18th after service. So please sign up. We'll have food available. I'm going to let you know. So we're having everybody to sign up. Please don't try to, well, we'll accept you in. But we're asking if you could please sign up so we know how much food to have in advance. But we're just going to have a good old Christmas party. We want everybody to come together, and we're going to have fun, food, and games. So December December 18th, before the holidays come, we're going to have a nice church-wide Christmas party. And just a reminder, so thankful to the advent of technology for all of our Hope at Home and Hope Well Anywhere viewers. Um, we have the luxury and the ability to give our ministerial staff, and also you a little bit as well, to give us a break during some holiday seasons. So this coming Sunday, there will be no in-person worship. No in-person worship. We will be pre-recording and we'll be broadcasting all of our services on Facebook or YouTube. So we still ask you to tune in. We also still ask you to be faithful in your giving. You could drop your tithes off or pay it electronically anyway as well. But we will be taking that holiday weekend off. But we will have our service broadcast online this Sunday coming up November 27th at 10 a.m. Amen. Amen. Well, look, we're going to jump right into the word. I'm excited for the word that God has on today. We are continuing on in our series that just simply says thank you. Just simply says thank you. I wonder if anybody, while the spirit of God is still in here, do you have a thank you that you could give to God real quick? Just a thank you. You don't even need the word. You don't even need nobody to pump and prime you. But you just feel somewhere deep down that I just got to say thank you, God. I just got to tell you thank you for the things you done, for the things you will do, for how you protected me, for how you kept me, for how you covered my mind, for how you kept my body. Sometimes all we have to simply say is thank you. We know that this is the Thanksgiving season, so this series is intentional as we look for ways to offer up those praise and give God a thanks. Amen? If you'll open up your Bibles, we'll be coming from the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 through 18. And while you're finding that, it'll be up on the screens in a little bit. I want to give my greetings to all of our ministers, our elders, to all our deacons, our lovely and beautiful mothers, to everyone in their respective places. Um, also to my wife, my beautiful queen, who is carrying my beautiful seed. I cannot wait for February to come so we can welcome our new bundle of joy into this world. But excited, excited, excited for the word today. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. I challenge you and implore you, commit this scripture to memory. It's short, three verses, it's real easy. But we're going to go over it today. And it simply says this. If we could stand for the reading and hearing of the word, if you are able. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. 
And the word of the Lord says this. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Let's read that one more time. We could do that all together. It says this. It says, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Father God, we thank you for the word. We thank you for the hearer and the listener there. God, I pray right now your presence and your glory is already in this place there, God. I ask there, God, decrease me. I am nothing but a flesh and a sinner that was saved by grace there, God. So let the words of my heart and the meditations of my mouth be directed towards you there, God, and that you will speak and have your way. And we thank you for this. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen, amen, amen. The title for today, um, if probably if you hopefully have noticed, I picked kind of strange titles, but they make sense in the end. The title for today is The Unlimited Sip Club. The Unlimited Sip Club. I see the confusions on your faces. You wonder what does Panera have to do with the word of Lord, the word of the Lord from First Thessalonians? We're gonna get there. We're gonna talk about that, but in our text, we see so much power just in these three verses, 16 to 18, we just see so much there. <coughs> but, but, but I would be a criminal and a crook if I just shouted on these good things, but didn't actually look and see the humanity as we read the text. We see that in truth, there is so much struggle in these verses. Oh, you may not see, but let me show you real quick. It says to always be joyful to always be joyful but I have to step back and maybe this may not be y'all y'all may not be brave enough to admit it but I get to a place sometimes and I'm looking at that and I'm reading the scripture and I'm like you mean to tell me that God commands me to always be joyful like all the time I have to be joyful God do you see my bank account I know you see them deductions that keep coming out and Netflix raised their price and Disney Plus is raising their price. And I'm like, Lord Jesus, how am I supposed to be joyful? Where is this going to come from? See, I have a problem with this text because it's telling me to do something, but it's not recognizing and realizing that there are things that come to steal my joy. I'm supposed to always be joyful, but it seems like I have these things that are joy killers. Like, Lord, did you not know the abuse I suffered growing up? God, were you not there when a family member did things to me that they weren't supposed to? Look, I get it. My mom tried her best. Dad maybe not, might not have been in the picture, but all these things have come to steal my joy. I had friends that betrayed me. I have failed relationships after I gave them my all and was taken for granted. Or oh God, what about the grief that I'm dealing with that every holiday I'm reminded about the loss of a loved one? How am I supposed to always have joy? God, you've got to be joking. You've got to be telling stories. But understand this. Our brains are wired for connection, but trauma rewires them for protection. 
That's why finding joy is difficult for wounded people. Let me say that again. Our brains are required to connect. We love to do fellowship and be with one another and come together. But trauma comes in through the hurt, through the pain. And now when I'm supposed to find joy, it is difficult because I'm wounded. It's difficult because I'm hurt. That trauma and that pain left me wounded and it robbed and it stole my joy. But the problem, instead of finding healing for our wounds, it's like we've been hurt and we now have a wound. And I don't know if you've been like this as a kid. I don't know why kids did. I did it as a kid too. But every time that wound starts to heal, you start to pick at it. You start to mess with it. You don't leave it just there, and now the wound has a potential to get infected. And now when something good comes in our life, because we've been wounded, it's like we go back to that wound and we open it back up. So now instead of finding joy, we live in pain of a memory. Sometimes it's not even the wound, but it is the memory of a wound that puts us in pain. We go back and we see it and we hurt all over again. We see the situation. Situation. We see the person, we see the environment, and now our joy is gone. See, we struggle with always being joyful because we fail to recognize the source of our joy. See, that is a big issue that we struggle with. We struggle with joy because we don't know the source of our joy. See, there's a difference here. A lot of things in life can make you happy. A lot of things in life can bring happiness to you. You bring me a Big Mac, you bring me a Whopper, you bring me a plate of food, I'm going to find happiness in that. But as soon as that thing is gone, that feeling is gone as well. Happiness is a temporary feeling. But I'm happy that my mama used to tell me about this thing called joy. And when I realize who the source of my strength is and the source of my joy is, now I know that this joy I have, that the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. I love it because now I'm connected back to the source. It's not about the feeling or the thing, but the source of my joy. And God is the source of our our joy. Psalm 16 says that in his presence is fullness of joy. So when we sing that the king of glory shall come in, we are singing and saying, God, because you're here, I am now in your presence and there is fullness of joy. Because catch this, yes, you've been wounded. Yes, you've been abused. Yes, you've been lied to, talked about, and all these things. But joy isn't based in circumstances, but in God. God. See, circumstances can change, but God doesn't. God will never change. God will never leave you. So when we're asking the question, how are we supposed to rejoice always? How are we supposed to find joy in all things? That means we have to lean and depend on God. That means we have to trust in him like no other. That means we have to plug into the source of our joy. Because anything else is going to leave you. Anything else is going to go away. But when we realize that now we may have been wounded, now we may have that trauma, but guess what? That wound, if we leave it alone, let God do the healing, that wound will turn into a scar. And now with that scar, you have to invest into your healing. And you have to look at that wound, and you have to realize, just like the song used to say, it says, God is the joy and the strength of my life. He removes all pain.
misery and strife. He promised, he promised to keep me, never to leave me. He'll never, 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 never fall short of his word. So when I'm looking for the joy, I lean on the word of God. I trust on that word of God. So now that wound becomes a scar, but that scar tells a different story. I don't talk about the pain no more, but now I'm living in verse 16, and I'm always joyful because my scar now tells my story, and my story tells how Jesus came and made a change in my life. I remember the pain and the hurt, but the scar just reminds me that I'm healed. That's all it is. A scar just reminds me that I have been healed. So you may see my scars, but do you know my testimony? When you see my scars, I don't hide them no more. I don't cover them no more, but I'm able to tell of a man named Jesus who came into my life and he made a change like never before. See, that's the thing about joy. It becomes contagious because I tell you my story and now you are encouraged and find joy in what God did for me. And you can take that joy to carry you on for another day and another moment. So we are commanded to always be joyful, to always have joy. Joy unspeakable. I used to sing it in Sunday school. J-O-I, joy, joy in the Holy Ghost. J-O-I, joy, joy in the Lord. Don't let nobody steal your joy. Don't let nobody take your joy. Things will come to steal and kill and rob and destroy. But if you are reminded who is on your side, who is fighting for you, the word now magnifies itself and is now able to have power and make a change. So that's verse 16, so powerful. Always have joy. King James says rejoice always. But we move on to verse 17, and it says, never stop praying. Again, again, again. I, I'm like, okay, Lord, you're giving us a command. But if I have to be honest, and look, you may not like this, there is not enough prayer in your life. Oh! <gasps> How could you say that, Minister Ford? You don't know my life. You don't know what I do. You haven't seen my prayer closet and my prayer journal. I know what the power of prayer looks like. And a power of prayer would have this church packed out with healing signs and wonders, miracles, and deliverance. And it's not here yet, but it's so soon to come. Because why we need to realize that we never stop praying. Never stop praying. What does that mean? How could I never stop praying? I sleep. I got to go to work. I got to go do all these things. But it came with this understanding. Blew my mind. We know the actions of prayer, but not the lifestyle of prayer. Ooh, I just said a mouthful right there. We know the actions of prayer, but not the lifestyle of it. I love it how Jesus, when he saw the Pharisees, he saw them, and they would go out. The Pharisees in Jesus' time would be people that would have on their robe and priestly garments, and they would walk the streets, and they'd be like, Oh, Father God, we pontificate about your glory, and we peruse the pericope of your words, and we astound the greatness of who you are, and all these good and wonderful and great things. But Jesus called them hypocrites. Hypocrites. When you look at that word in the Greek, that word hypocrites literally means just to be an actor on a stage that you're just playing a part, that, hey, I, I know the actions of prayer, but do, am I really living it out? I'm just acting like I know what to do. Now, please don't hear what I'm not saying. Yes, there are principles we learn in prayer that are good. Bow your head, close your eyes. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. These are all great things that help build a foundation, but we miss the lifestyle 
of prayer. Here are some shocking facts about prayer. I don't know if you know this, that the use of your voice is not essential in prayer. It's just not. The posture of prayer is not the primary importance. Your posture, you don't have to get to know these. It's not of primary importance. The place of prayer is not even of great importance. It doesn't matter where you are or where you go. The particular time you pray is not that much of importance. Why is that? A Christian should never be in a place where they cannot pray. There should never be a situation, a scenario, a circumstance where you are not devoted yourself in prayer. But the problem is we use prayer as the emergency get-out-of-jail-free card. Oh, Lord, what am I going to do? This bill is due. Jesus, I need you to help me. God, how am I going to get through this? I got this test result, and it's not looking real good. Lord, I need you to help me. Father God, they're getting on my nerves and work. I don't know what to do. Lord, I need you to help me. And we cry out to God and catch this. He has the audacity to answer us. He has the audacity to come through. But then what do we do? We pray because we have problems. We pray, now our problems go away. Now our problem goes away and we stop praying. Why? Because prayer became an action and it wasn't a lifestyle. James 5 and 16 says this. It says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I'm sorry, I'm a King James boy, so I always remember it in the King James. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Let me reach my old and my new at the same time. But when we have that effectual prayer, that fervent prayer, that means it's birthed from something on the inside. When you realize that prayer means I have a direct and open line to God that never ends, that never closes, that never goes away. I'm going to tell my age here a little, a little bit. I don't know if y'all remember cell phones. Well, everybody has a cell phone. But when cell phones came out, did you know you couldn't call all the time? I don't know some of y'all realize, like, y'all free unlimited minutes didn't start until after nine. So you had to wait until nine o'clock to call somebody because guess what? Your 300 minutes was easily gone during the day. See, we operate like God has us on restriction, that God has us on a call limit, that we can only call when we need something or only call when he needs to do something. But when we realize that we have a direct and open line to God at all times, it changes things. It changes things. I'm reminded of this movie, um, Castaway, with Tom Hanks. Have you ever seen this? Pretty good movie. Uh, summary of the movie is uh, Tom Hanks on a plane. Something happens, and he's stranded. He, he's just literally on an island all by himself. He has no one around. He doesn't know how he's going to make it. He doesn't know if any help is going to come, but he has a little friend. His little friend is a volleyball that he named Wilson. So guess what he did with this little friend because he had no one else? He talked to Wilson every day. He woke up in the morning and said, hey, Wilson, how you doing? When he had some trouble, he said, Wilson, we need to hurry up and go so we can get away. I say that to say that this, that prayer sometimes is like when we be like that man stranded on an island and we have nothing else. And the only thing and person we can call out to is not a volleyball named Wilson, but it is a man named Jesus that promised to see about us no matter what we are going through. Yet again, I like songs. I wish I could sing, but I'll just talk to you about it. The song says, have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your troubles. It says that he will hear your faintest cry and he will answer by 
by and by. But when you feel that little prayer wheel turning, then you start to feel a little fire burning. Find out that when you have a little talk with Jesus, he just makes everything all right. So when we say to never stop praying, that doesn't mean that you have to go around all day speaking and praying like the Pharisees, but that means when you wake up in the morning and the bones is creaking a little bit, you just say, well, God, I thank you for another day, God. I thank you that your mercies are new by new every day. When the kids are running late and you're rushing, but you say, but God, I still yet thank you that I have gas in my car and food in my body. When you get to your job and they're getting on your nerves, you just mutter to yourself, but Lord, help me to hold on just a little while longer. They may ask, what are you saying? You just tell them, Sister Greta, I'm having a little talk with Jesus. I'm telling them all about my troubles, and I know that he is going to hear me, and he's going to show up. I love it. Psalms talks about it. In Psalms 116, it says that God inclines his ear to our lips. Do you understand the power of what that scripture says? That means that God in his infinite glory, God in his infinite power, God in his infinite might will step outside of heaven and he will come down to where you are while you're weeping and crying, weeping and mourning. And he will literally pick his big God self down and put his ear to your lips to hear your prayers, to hear your cries. That's why David said weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. When you pray through your night, God will show up and he will show out. We are commanded to never stop praying, to pray without ceasing. It should become a part of your lifestyle. Anytime a contrary thought comes in, you instantly rebuke it in the name of Jesus. As I'm going about my day and I hear these tragic stories about what's going on in life and shootings happening here and people getting killed here and people getting robbed here, all I just say to myself, but God, you're able. But God, thank you for covering me. But God, thank you for keeping me. My lifestyle of prayer pours out of my soul because I know that I have a direct connection with God. So how do we do this? We have to hold on and know that we should never stop praying. Never stop praying. But it goes on. It's short. We only had three, so we're not going to be here too long. We're already at verse 18. It says, be thankful in all circumstances. <laughs> it simply says that. Be thankful in all circumstances. But yet again, I would be doing you robbery if I say, hey, it's just easy as that. The Bible says that you should do it. Just be thankful. It's just that easy. When the truth of the matter is, we could fill a whole library full of books with reasons not to be thankful. We look, the economy. We look, politics, Democrat or Republican. We look, we see bills. We see all these issues, all these reasons. Why should I be thankful? We see wars and rumors of wars. We see pestilence and disease. We see earthquakes and tragedies and calamities. We see all these things. And in our Christian walk, we have this ability to still see all these things and to forget the reason why we have to be thankful. See, we have this ability where we hear something, we see it, but we respond differently. I, I, I know it because the word says 
be thankful in everything. But I promise you what you hear and what you feel is that I should be thankful for everything. Well, God, since this happened to me, I guess I got to find a way how to be thankful. So how can I, I find a way to show thanks in this thing? Well, God, because I'm not seeing it in everything but for everything. So, well, God, you had to allow this to happen for a reason. What's going on here? But what we realize that we don't thank God for the hurt. We don't thank him for the pain. We don't thank him for the trauma. We don't thank him for the disappointments. It's not for it, but it is in it. But in everything, we are still going to give thanks because we recognize that God, you are sovereign. God, you are still yet in control. Catch this. There is nothing that happens that takes God by surprise. So while we now when we have that understanding, we are able to put all these verses together. When joy and prayer are married together, their firstborn child is gratitude and thankfulness. Oh, see, you missed it. When I realize that I always have joy, when I realize that I should pray without ceasing, now I'm able to be thankful in all circumstances because I'm always joyful. I never stop praying. I'm not always thankful, and I get it. Y'all need another song. I like songs too. So let's go back. Come here, Walter Hawkins. What did you say? Walter Hawkins said, tragedies are commonplace. All kinds of diseases, people are slipping away. He said the economy's down, people can't get enough pay. But he says, as for me, all I can say is thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for me. Oh, he goes on and say, he says, folks without home, living in the street, drug habits, some they just can't be. Muggers and robbers, no place seem to be safe. But you've been my protection every step of the way. So I just want to say Thank you, but yet again, we hear this song, but I didn't realize it until I looked at the lyrics, and this is where I'm going to need y'all help a little bit, okay? I'm going to say something, and y'all just have to do something real simple. All you have to do is say thank you, okay? You ready? Just I say something, you say thank you, all right? All I have to say is, it could have been me. Outdoors, with no food, with no clothes, left all alone, without a friend, or just another number, with a tragic end. But God, you didn't see fit to let none of these things be. But every day by your power, you just keep on keeping me. So I just want to say thank you, Lord, for all that you have done for me when we realize that in everything we give thanks, that in everything he is worthy of the praise, that he orchestrated everything for his glory. So no matter what I go through, the hurt, the pain, the trauma, I'm going to find joy. I'm going to keep praying. And most of all, I'm going to thank God for all that he has done for me. I wonder if I have anybody in spite of your situation. Yes, you may still have hurt. Yes, you may still have pain, but you have a reason to give God thanks. You have a reason to give God praise. You have a reason to recognize that God, you did it. And because you did it, I dare not stand here. I dare not sit here and let the fruit of my lips give you praise. Because God, you are worthy. Because God, you are mighty. And God, I will thank you. I will thank you. I will thank you. I will thank you. I thank you for
for what I've been through. I thank you for the disappointments. I thank you for the heartache. I thank you for the pain because you've kept me. God, because you've healed me. Because I've seen you do it for others. And I know that you can do it for me, God. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. God, you're worthy. God, you're full of the glory. God, you're full of the honor. God, you're full of the praise. God, there is no one like you. I can search all over, still and find nobody. I can look high and low, but I still can't find nobody, God. So it's because of that that I give you thanks. It's because of that I offer praise. It's because of that I invite you into worship. It's because of that I invite you for who you really and truly are. But, 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 there's, there's still one last key. One last key to unlock this and to pull out everything that we need to pull out of our text today. Half of y'all are going to go up and praise. The other half, I pray, should flood this altar and even online. Because when we look at the text, it says, Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in everything. And a Jack Lager preacher would leave you right there and go on about his day and say, God showed up and showed out. I'm sorry, I can't do that. He convicts me a little bit too much, and he would challenge me with it. So I, I, I have to give you the next step. And it says, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Oh, oh. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. I know that may have went over some of y'all heads, so let me connect the dot. I know that's why preachers give you a sermon title and illustrations. The sermon title for today is the Unlimited Sip Club. If you don't know about the Unlimited Sip Club, it is a blessing. I have the Unlimited Sip Club. So that means whenever I go to Panera, all I have to do is pull up and say, Hi, I'm a member of the Unlimited Sip Club. My phone number is... 618 dot 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 dot. I don't need y'all calling me. Um, and I give them my number and they say, Thank you, Mr. Ford. What would you like to order today? That means that I get my choice. I could get the mango yuzu citrus charge drink. I could get the strawberry lemonade drink. I could get Mountain Dew Pepsi. I could get coffee, iced coffee, hazelnut coffee. All these drinks for free. Why? Because I'm part of the Unlimited Sip Club. Now I get it, y'all don't have the Unlimited Sip Club, but I'm here to let y'all know that y'all signed up for salvation. So what does that mean? That means that now when I read this text, it isn't that this is God's will so I must rejoice. I read it and say that now because I'm a member of the body of Christ and he paid the price on Calvary, I am now a joint heir with Christ, so that means I'm entitled to all of his benefits. I'm entitled to all of his blessings. It's like when you get that great federal job that gives you that 401k, that good insurance, that good dental. You have all the benefits. I'm here to tell you that when you sign up for God's benefit package, when you realize that God 
sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for your sins and that if you believe in him and have the hope and joy that know that you have everlasting life you are now a member of the body of Christ and you may not have the unlimited sip club but now that you know that I'm always rejoicing I always have joy I pray without ceasing and I'm thankful for everything why because this is the will of God for those who are in Christ Jesus so now I can join in to this benefit package. I get it. I sing a lot of songs. I said that today. But let me just give you the word of God to close. The word of God just simply says this. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That's the promise that he gives us. For who God foreknew, he predestined. And who he predestined, he conformed to the image of his son. Those he called, he justified. And those he justified he glorified but guess what there's more in this benefit package if I keep on reading it says then what shall we say in response to these things if God is for us who can be against us who he did not spare his own son but freely gave him up for it all we jump down and we see it says who shall separate us from the love of Christ Shall trouble shall hardships shall persecution shall famine danger or the sword but it is written for his sake we are crucified all day long like sheep led to be slaughtered. But I love this part of the benefit package here. It says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Do you realize that because we have the benefit package, you cannot lose. You may feel like you have loss in your life, but we are more than conquerors because nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Neither angels nor demons, present nor future, nor any powers, height or depths. There is nothing in all of creation that can separate you. So because I know I am more than a conqueror, because I know he never leaves me or he never forsakes me, because I know I am a joint heir with Christ, I now can say the scripture proudly and say, God, I will always be joyful. God, I will never stop praying. And God, I will be thankful in all circumstances. Because of the power of who Jesus is. When you recognize that you are created to the ultimate source, you are connected to the ultimate power. That means that there is nothing, 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 nothing. I dare you right now to put that situation on your mind. That problem that you felt like was too big for anybody to handle. But then now I need you to hold that underneath the light of his grace and glory. And I need you to tell that situation, but my God is bigger. But my God is better. But my God is bolder. So I will have joy even in this. Just like Jesus who suffered to die on the cross. And he said, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So I'm standing here to tell you today that the will of God, who is in Christ Jesus, is for you to be an overcomer. It's for you to be a part of this membership group that means you can make it through no matter what you go through. No matter what's going on, no matter what may happen. But as I prepare to close, some of us, some of us 
we may, we may, we may, we may, we may need not be a part of that benefit package. We may not realize what all comes with being obedient to who God is. So I'm here to tell you today that God has it so crafted, so beautiful. This is not like Netflix and you can share someone else's account and use it. And next thing you know, they cut you off and block you. But you can have your own access to Jesus today. If you are saying, well, what is this man talking about? How can he be happy in spite of those situations? Let me tell you, there have been times in my life where I have been beaten down to the ground and I did not know what I was going to do, but I did not do it by myself. There was a man named Jesus, like Paul on the road to Damascus. Somehow he stopped me and he showed me who he is. So I'm here to invite you that you, if you have that situation where that wound still hurts, oh, I'm not trying to take it away or to diminish that moment. I get it. It is very real for you. That pain is very real for you. That trauma is very real for you. You may be online and you just scrolled across this page and you heard that message and you say, but Minister Ford, I am still suffering. I'm hurt. No one is there for me. It's the holidays and friends and families are all going away to be with loved ones, but I'm stuck here by myself. I feel like I'm lost. I am here to tell you that the Lord Jesus Christ is available for you on today. That if you need a touch from him, that if you need some, 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 some help, some joy from him, I challenge you in the next few minutes, online or in person, that you flood this altar, that you flood the comments, that you fall to your knees and you ask, what must I do to be saved? What can I find out more about this man named Jesus? I love that Jesus was on assignment and he was going from one miracle to the other. And as he was going to one miracle, a woman who had enough audacity who had enough boldness push through the crowds of people and she said if I could but just touch the hem of his garment she realized that all I need is a touch from him all I need is to be connected to the Savior and if that is you on today when I make that call come to this altar if you know that God I just need a little extra help to get me through this week I just need a little touch from you to get me through this week because the amazing thing is Jesus turned and said who touched me because it was because of the touch and the faith that he recognized the need to show up and to show out so if that is you and if you are here in the building and you just need a touch from Jesus it is now at this time we, the altar is open as the ministers and elders and the prayer team takes their place 